back in the day when you used to mark the date on the calendar and say, okay, hey, Golden Globes are coming up, the Grammys, the Oscars, I'm going to sit down on a Sunday night, watch these shows, and, you know, I'm going to make sure I try and predict who's going to win. We're going to have all kinds of Oscar pools and things like that. That's not happening anymore. In fact, the future of those award shows right now are hanging in the balance because we just aren't interested. So are award shows dead? No. The Game Awards, the video gaming industry's year-end celebration, announced its eighth annual show, set a new record, estimated 85 million global live streams, 85 million eyeballs tuned in. Jason Finelli is freelance video games writer and host of the Cheese Steaks and Controllers podcast. He joins the show to talk about the popularity of gaming. Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This was a great surprise. Uh, your producer reached out to me last night, and I'm um, always happy to talk about video games. Thank you for well, having me. Listen, I'm, I'm, I gotta be honest. I don't know much about video games because I'm one of those people that cut myself off uh, after you know playing video games in high school. It was sort of like, okay, I have to get serious now. I'm cutting myself off. So I really, I'm in awe of how much they have evolved and the the graphics. And in fact, as somebody that does some voice work, I have auditioned to voice some video games here and there. Still waiting for that golden nugget to. To hit, but uh, I mean, because yeah, you stand to make a lot of money if you're on one of those video games. But the popularity of the game show award uh, awards is just staggering. Can you talk about that? So I think it has to do with two key factors. One is the global part of it. They're on, I believe, over 30 different streaming uh, outlets throughout the entire world. Here in North America, that includes YouTube uh, live streaming, Twitter live streaming, Facebook live streaming, as well as TikTok live this year uh, and the streaming service Twitch, which is primarily uh, centered towards gaming in general. Uh, and then outside of uh, the North American region, they have a dozen digital platforms in China. They have uh, Hotstar in India. So they're they're broadcasting this thing all over the world, which means they have a global set of eyes all tuning in all at the same time. The second part is the way that they format their award show. Now, you mentioned the traditional award shows, mm -hmm. uh, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, the stuff like that. Those are focused as a celebration of the year that was. Obviously, you're giving away awards based on what had come out the previous year. You're doing musical numbers for the best musical, uh, best songs and stuff like that. The Game Awards does that. They do give out awards for the best games of the year, but they also devote I would say more time to trailers and reveals and world premiere announcements of what's to come. Mm. So they, they gave away 30 awards this year. They had 30, 31 categories, but they also revealed 40 or so world premiere trailers. And that. So this is how sophisticated video games are now for people that stopped at, at, at Pac-Man or, you know, Space Invaders. We're talking about trailers. They're like movies that you actually get to to uh, become part of the cast in. Yes. So one of the experiences that was uh, unveiled at the Game Awards this year was called uh, The Matrix Within, I believe, was The, uh, the Matrix Awakens, excuse mm -hmm. me, an Unreal Engine 5 experience. It's basically a 30-minute tech demo that is interactive uh, that does have uh, appearances from Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix movie. And the whole thing about it is it's hard to tell what is being 
broadcast through the gaming engine and what was actually shot with film. It can, you can't wow. tell if the Keanu Reeves you're seeing on screen is the real Keanu Reeves or if he was generated by the gaming engine. It is it is absolutely amazing. Uh, the the uncanny valley, as they call it, it's the valley between what's digitally pro produced and what is actually real. That valley shortens every single day. And this experience uh, is a perfect example of that. So is that what killed, you know, award shows? Is that they weren't forward looking enough where video gamers know that you, you have to keep them interested. They need to stay interested. That is how you keep eyeballs on your award show. Yes. And I mean, there is a, a cynical way to look at it where, you know, obviously broadcasting uh, world premiere trailers and focusing on them just as much, if not more than the awards themselves. Some people may say it devalues the awards. Some people may say it just becomes like a marketing vehicle. But honestly, it works. 85 mm -hmm. million global live streams can't be wrong. And finding that balance is something that the uh, lead producer, Jeff Keighley, and his team have to do every single year. Uh, they have celebrities come and reveal awards. This year alone, they had Giancarlo Esposito, uh, who is uh, Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian and who was Gustavo Fring in uh, Breaking Bad. He actually uh, played a lead villain in a video game this year, Far Cry 6. Um, he presented an award. Uh, Simu Liu, the uh, star of Shang-Chi, presented an award. Ming-Na Wen was there. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, Jim Carrey, and Ben Schwartz from the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. So they have that appeal as well. They also had a live performance uh, by Sting uh, and Imagine Dragons uh, singing songs or, or performing songs from a new Netflix show, Arcane, which is based on a video game. So you mm -hmm. have that, uh, that appeal as well. It's just a whole bunch of different layers that I think uh, traditional award shows could learn from. It's just finding that balance between celebrating the past and looking to the future without seeming like you're becoming too focused on the marketing part of it, if that makes but sense. Let's not kid ourselves, Jason. It, all those award shows are marketing vehicles. And in fact, sure. you know, I mentioned that I had auditioned for a video game, which really hasn't happened yet, but I did mention or I did uh, manage to get a cartoon. And one of the things that video games and cartoons also share is if you are going to produce a cartoon or a video game, they are extremely expensive to produce. You have to have a, a merch, uh, a secondary merch uh, opportunity that would come from that. So what kind of merchandise are we seeing when it comes to video games? So uh, depending on the franchise, you could be seeing anything from, you know, the occasional T-shirt or or like the album release, the soundtrack album to full on shelf filling uh, action figures and toys and all this other stuff. If you were to go into a local um, convenience store up there, uh, I believe it's, what's, what is the name? Max. Uh, Let's London. go with Max. Max. Okay. Max works. Uh, and you, you go into the children's toy aisle, you'll see names like Minecraft. You'll see names like Fortnite. You'll see names like Halo. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see all these different franchises with all these different action figures and toys and play sets. And, and that sort of appeal to the younger generation and then for the older generation that play the people who have been playing halo for 20 years they might be more interested in the higher level like one sixth scale statues or the replica weaponry if it's a sword based game i don't really encourage owning replica guns uh, 
but that sort of thing. So there's mm-hmm. merch. There is merch possibilities on both ends of this spectrum. Where it gets hairy is a game like Halo used to be rated mature. For those that don't know, gaming's games do have a rating system. We can get sure. into that if you like. Um, but bef- originally, Halo was rated M for mature or 17 plus, the equivalent of the American rated R. Um, it has since toned down to the point where it has come down to T or PG-13, but these offering kids toys from even that, that starts to get a little hairy and um, people have a problem with that. But that's that's just one of the things that they have to deal with. Jason, I would love to get into the uh, whole uh, rating system with you another day because I, I, I'm so excited that we've been introduced now. I'm going to get you back on the show to talk video games, but I'm running out of time. I have about a minute left, if that, because my producer's probably going, no, you don't, Kelly, you have 30 seconds. <laughs> For people that are listening who, you know, stop playing video games because they were far too violent. What's a good entry level to really understand where video games are going now? What's a good game? Minecraft. 100% yeah, but my Minecraft. nephews played that. Yes, it's just building. If you go into Minecraft's creative mode, there's no pressure. You can just go gather resources, build whatever you want, knock it down and build something on top of it. It's it's completely open freedom, nonviolence. You can just go in there. You can zen out to the music and loot. And before you know it, it's midnight. All right. Well, lose yourself, as Eminem would say. Jason, thank you very (laughs) much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful having you. We'll have you back again. Jason Finelli is a freelance video games writer, host of Cheese Steaks and Controllers podcast.